This is First Up. I'm Matthew Cos. In for Eric Krolnick. That's Carlo Koliakovo. I want to tell everyone listening, we'll read. We'll do our best, Carlo, to read a lot of the texts on the other side. Everyone has got thoughts on cheese, on grilled cheese. Someone writing in saying, what bottle of wine should I bring for a buddy's birthday? They were asking about decoy Cabernet Sauvignon. Go with the decoy Merlot. They actually, decoy does a damn good uh, Merlot. So that is my suggestion. But joining me now, another suggestion, follow the man on Twitter. Check out his work at Yahoo Sports, covering all things Raptors. Amit Man is joining us on the line. Amit, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Cheese, wine, what are we talking about here? We could do it. We could. Oh, oh okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Uh, what is a be- what is a worse pairing? Stinky cheese with good wine, or the uh, or Scott Foster with an NBA game? Oh golly, Scott Foster, cheese. <laughs> okay, so let, let's get let's get into this for a second. We don't want to do conspiracy theories, but holy lord! Like for people who don't know, Scott Foster. No official. Everybody knows, bro. Everyone. How is it that this guy still has a job ejecting Scotty Barnes for saying something on the court in that loss of the Nuggets where no player, no official uh, was was reacting to Scotty Barnes more or less muttering to himself? What the hell was going on there? 28 seasons Scott Foster has been officiating in the NBA. Um, You're right. I don't like doing the whole conspiracy thing like when – you know, we when I see people complaining about the officiating in games, I tend to not even go down that that path because usually there's other opportunities to win games and it doesn't always come down to the final seconds. However, this was a unique case. This was different. This was a case where I could unequivocally say that the officiating was a factor in the result of a game. Um, I, I, I'm still baffled by it when I was watching it. I'm like, wow, this is I've never seen this before in my life. Um, this is really, really, really bad. And this caught the attention of not just, you know, the Denver media. This caught the attention of the entire NBA. Um, and there's been no punishment, no result of it. The last two-minute report had a, a thing about, you know, I think KCP being called for a foul that he shouldn't have been, and that was it. So I guess it's kind of like, well, off we go. <laughs> and Scott Foster will continue to officiate in the NBA. All right. Does does he have a a beef against the Toronto Raptors? I, I believe I read somewhere that the games that he's refed against the Raptors is mm. uh, was there a record that was well, more one sided than the other? Correct me if I'm wrong. If I saw that somewhere, I I don't know, but I do think that he is not uh, one to not hold a grudge. He will hold a grudge. And mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes in that game, he was uh, complaining a lot. He felt like, you know, Nikola Jokic was grabbing, holding, and he probably was, too. It's the nature of the NBA. It's also, you know, Nikola Jokic on the other side, too, is held in grabs. It's basketball. This happens. And so probably I would not be surprised if, you know, Scott Foster, and I hate going down this path because this is not, like, my M.O., but for someone like him, he might be, like, plenty number four, and you're going to find out why you don't do that with me later on in the game. And here we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Then we'll go down. We'll go down a, di- a different path with you. You do a great job, you know, putting up, uh, just a- analyzing the team and doing uh, podcasting and editing and just say watching the game film. Uh, what did you see the other night in terms of what they did with Jokic? I thought they did. I thought I thought OG Ananobi was incredible, and that was 
one of the le- and again, Jokic still had a good game and the numbers were nice and, and all of that, but mm-hmm. it seemed like mm-hmm. the Raptors did a better a better job of slowing him down than what we've seen for the last couple months. Yeah, the Raptors defense, it can be very good when it's when it's well structured and everyone's buying into the foundation of it. And OG and Anobi, his job in that case was to pick up Nikola Jokic early because he likes to uh, hold on to the ball, bring it down the court, and get everyone flying around his teammates. I'm talking about I'm around the court, and he finds them with an array of, of passes. And he was still doing it yesterday, like you said, or the other day. Um, he's, like, in transition. He was finding guys down the court, and the Raptors' trans- transition defense was going to be a reason why they were going to lose a game if you know the whole Scott Foster thing didn't happen because of how well they were getting out on the break, and Nikola Jokic was a big, big part of that. But... Outside of that, like you're just you're you're deciding which players you are comfortable beating you because with Nikola Jokic and some of the talent that they have on the the Nuggets, you you have to concede something. You can't guard everyone, and I think they were willing to you know concede Jamal Murray. Or let's see if you can make some pull up threes. And he had a great game too, but that also meant that Nikola Jokic didn't have the ball in his hands. And I think he had uh, close to a triple double. I think you're willing to you know roll with that if it also means that he's not dropping 30 points on you. And so OG. With his strength, he was able to keep him out of the paint. And that is the biggest value of uh, OG Ananobi, how strong he is and how versatile he is, despite not being, you know, a seven-footer. He is unbelievably strong, and he can actually muscle up with some people that are well above his size. The Raptors' next couple games are against the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a ton of storylines there tonight. Kawhi, and then no uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis with the Lakers. I'm curious, um, what for you are the top storylines going into the little California swing by the Raps? Yeah, I think for the Clippers game tonight. I mean, we saw the Raptors have some success uh, scoring against the Nuggets, but they have a different challenge with a team like the Clippers, who do a lot of switching. Um, the Raptors, Fred VanVleet and Yaka uh, Pearl specifically, had success against the Nuggets' drop defense. And also just them not having a great defensive scheme. But the Clippers, I mean, they've had their own woes lately. I think they've lost, you know, five of their last six games. But um, last the game they had Westbrook a... effect. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't want... Oh, jeez. That's a tough <laughs> one, too. But <laughs> that's, another, that's another story as well. But they won their last game. They had this crazy comeback against the Grizzlies. They outscored it by, like, you know, 30 points or 20 points in the fourth quarter. But they are giving up a lot of points. So... I'm curious how the Raptors are able to, you know, attack a defense that is going to be a bit more switch-heavy, that has a lot of long, rangy, uh, strong forwards, similar to an OG and a Nova. They got Kawhi, they got OG, uh, they got Kawhi, they got Paul, uh, Paul George, they got Russell Westbrook, um, they got a few other players too. So when it becomes more of a, you know, mono-mono, let's, let's see how you can score on our defense. The Raptors historically have struggled with that, where they're not able to, you know, pick, a, pick, pick apart a defense with um, some mismatches. So, that's going to be their struggle. And also, on the other end, they got to stop the Clippers, who are still scoring quite a bit. And then with the Lakers game, I mean, they're just a very motivated team right now. And Anthony Davis has been a problem um, for a lot of teams. But the Raptors have had success against, uh, against Anthony Davis historically. And with no LeBron James, you could hope that would be a game that they could win. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Amit, uh, I was listening to Sam Mitchell on Overdrive yesterday, and he was analyzing this Raptors team. Uh, from this season, and he said, you know, the impact that, that Jakob Pertl has had on this team has been so significant because it's filled a hole that this team has so desperately missed since mm-hmm. the departure of, of Ibaka and Gasol. And he said if, if Pertl was with this team all season, the Raptors would be a top-six team in the Eastern Conference. 
Can you feel as confident saying that? 100%. 100%. Wow. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And um, it's, it's painful saying that because the, the, the rumors about a Yacoprito trade were during the offseason, too. And we were talking about, you know, the team's flaws for a long time now. And even after last season, we went into it like, all right, where are they going to make some improvements? They need a rim protector and they need three-point shooting. And they didn't do either of those. Uh, granted, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, being, getting hurt um, has significantly hurt the team because they were relying on him to stabilize, to be like a stable 25 minutes per game player and offer a bit of both of those, rim protection and because uh, he played the small five for the Warriors when they won a championship, and also obviously his three point shooting, so that has uh, derailed uh, their bench production a little bit. But Jakob Pertl, he he is a connective piece. I'll put it that way. He can he makes everything kind of work for the Raptors when they're playing this aggressive style of defense, which Nick Nurse um, believes is the way that you need to play in today's NBA because the talent is so crazy. You need a rim protector. You need someone who's a bit more mobile, who's a seven-footer, who can, you know, get to spots on the court and get to um, get to the rim and just deter shots at a at a degree that a person who is simply six eight, six nine can't do it. It's physically impossible. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that Jakob Pertl, if he was here all season, there would be a top sixteen, no question. Wow, that uh, also just screams to the fact that yes, we love the idea of thinking outside the box of uh, trying new things, but sometimes being conservative and just having a traditional center, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Yeah, it's a bit of both, though. I mean, I, I don't blame them from the way that they, they played at the tail end of last season. There was probably a feeling, and I think most people would have said that they were going to be a top six team at the beginning of the season, I right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I did, too. Um, but the way the season has gone, it, it got to a point where, and this is where we saw the trade deadline happen, is that they're like, okay, so which way are we going here? Are we trying to win? We're going to take three steps back. And they decided we're going to win. And the price for Jacoperto, I think, dropped a little bit. Back then during the uh, offseason, it, it, it probably had to include a Gary Trent Jr., for instance. But the price has dropped. And so they were able to you know, trade Ken Birch and a couple of picks. And uh, they were able to get him and trade no one else. And, and we're going to see how this goes. Uh, I think when it comes to the offseason, just to like, make this point that regardless of what happens with you know, Fred and Gary and OG or whatever, Jakob Pertl is here to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. As we let you go, and again, read the man's work at Yahoo Sports. Um, we've been asking every guest, your favorite cheese, Amit Man. Again, follow me on Twitter at Amit underscore M-A-N-N. You have to pick one cheese. What would it be? It's so boring, but marble? Is that bad? Oh. No, that's great yes. for charcuterie board. Come on. No, marbles are great cheese. for charcuterie board. It is basic. You want some fancy soft cheeses and things like that. Marble. Ah, oh, I'm right, sorry. Right, 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 right. I'll give you another one. Okay, I'll give you another one. How about right. brie? There you go. Okay, yes. There you go. Nice brie. Nice. nice. You know what? I, I want to. I want to apologize. Nice. I have dairy shamed you at the end of this interview. Shame on me for doing that. Not in 2023. <laughs> really appreciate. Thank you as always uh, for joining the show today. Happy International Women's Day to everyone. Absolutely, hundred percent. Now I feel like I want to give away the answer from our 8:30 question about uh, who uh, another hockey Hall of Famer, another Canadian woman in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hey, no, no. That's for people to figure out. But Amit Man, Yahoo Sports senior content producer, host of the Strictly Hoops podcast. Um, Carlo, on the other side of the show, we'll read some of the texts. We'll do the fan duel best bets, and we'll do all that in a second. That's Carlo. I'm Cause. 
This is First Up right here on TSN 1050.